Would you like to find out how to align your life with God's best? I'm Lisa Pulliam, founder of More To Be and host of this podcast. I believe that the more we seek God and study his word, the more he'll transform us to become like Jesus and equip us to impact this world with kingdom hope. That's what a life aligned with his best looks like. And that's our mission at More To Be, to become more like Jesus. This episode is sponsored by our More To Be sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood at moretobe.com slash podcasts and get access to a library of Bible study content and biblically-based coaching resources that will help you align your life with his best. On this episode of the More To Be podcast, we are diving back into our Let Go and Live Bible study. And in particular, we're looking at a passage that has been deeply meaningful to me over the last 10 years, uh, maybe even longer. Uh, If you have been around these parts for a long enough period of time, you know that we are deeply committed to biblical mentoring. If you've been around these parts long enough, you know that I am super passionate about biblical mentoring and simplifying that process. I've written about it. I have books on it. You could uh, check out Impact Together, Biblical Mentoring Simplified. You can enroll in our Impact Biblical Mentoring Simplified course you could get this content that I'm teaching today in a number of different ways. And I, I have often done uh, one-day retreats, uh, weekend retreats on this concept. I have been equipping leaders as well as uh, whole church communities to implement, implement their biblical mentoring programs. It is literally one of my favorite topics. And, and you might be wondering, okay, so why are we doing this again in the Let Go and Live Bible study this month? And how come I don't hear Kaylee's voice? So uh, in the interest of time, uh, for those of you who are aware of what's going on in my real life, I am enrolled in graduate school and doing a seven-week intensive that is really heavy loaded. And we just got a puppy. So uh, that is a time crunch. And so Uh, I'm going to give you this teaching today in a bite-sized chunk, Uh, but I think it is really important that we dwell on this because as we're going through this Let Go and Live Bible study, we're looking at how to really experience breakthrough and healing. And with that, there, there should be a vision that's greater than ourselves. Like, what is it that God has called us to and how does he want us to impact the lives around us? Like I'm, I'm reading a book currently and the, that we'll have on the podcast in a couple months from now uh, talking about what it means to be an ambassador of Christ and, and be somebody who brings the good news forth and impacts the relationships that we're around. And so I love this topic of biblical mentoring at this time in our Let Go and Live Bible study because it starts to give us some vision of what we can become, and maybe we'll expose areas that we need to continue to work on as we move forward. And so that's why, just me today in the interest of my time and boundaries, but this topic today, because I feel like it's just really significant as you're thinking about what it is that you want to accomplish in your life, uh, what God wants to accomplish in your life as you seek to get to know him more and align your life with his word. So Titus uh, 2 is the typical traditional passage about biblical mentoring. But I also want to give you a homework assignment. I want you to look up Exodus uh, 18. Um, actually, I just let me double check that for a second. I have it tabbed in my Bible. Yep. Exodus 18 is an interaction between Jethro and Moses. I teach about this in, in coach training. And I think I taught on this during the episode on should you become a coach? And when we're looking at the context of biblical mentoring, I think the interaction between Jethro and Moses really paints a beautiful picture of beginning a relationship with coaching principles but then stepping beyond the coaching principles to use mentoring principles that we're going to unpack a little bit uh, as we look at Titus 2. So context is key, right? This is a a letter of instruction from Paul to Titus about really relationships and how are we to be connected with others in the body of Christ. I mean, this is very particular to those relationships as opposed to discipleship, you know, what is the difference between mentoring and discipleship? Really, 
biblical mentoring and biblical discipleship kind of go hand in hand. Uh, I would say discipleship is the particular teaching of God's word and impressing how to live out God's word, where biblical mentoring is taking the biblical principles, teaching as in the discipleship part of it, but then action, doing the action of it together. So discipleship, you might see more in the context of a Bible study with somebody. Mentoring, you might see more in the context of uh, interaction in the home or in the workplace or a relational kind of connection piece of it. Uh, what is the difference between that and being kind of an ambassador of Christ? There's a, a time and a place where our relationship is focused on people who don't yet know Jesus. But this Titus 2 passage is for those who do and need to be growing in their faith. Um, and so Paul opens with uh, instructions of the older men, giving descriptions of what the older men are to look like. Uh, and then goes into verse three, which we often have heard in the same way, the older women are to be very reverent, are to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and love their children, to be self-controlled, pure workers at home, kind and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. Woo, there's a lot, right? And I want to unpack that a little bit before I go to the later portion of scripture that that's really significant to give context to this. So older women, uh, basically, if there's somebody younger than you, we're older. I, I think about the opportunity for my teenage daughters to mentor the younger girls that they are interacting with. I think of my opportunity to mentor those who are younger than me. And, and sometimes younger is just spiritually younger. So at one point in my faith journey, I would say one of my best friends who is a year younger than me, but grew up as a believer was very much a mentor to me in terms of my marriage, because she had context of scripture and understanding and some experiences through what she had been exposed to that spoke into my life. So Reverent in behavior. And so there's an accountability to how we live. Does it show reverence for God, uh, respect for God? Think of it that way. Not slanders. Okay. I think we could agree what slandering means, like not putting others down, not gossiping. What comes out of our mouth? Is it edifying and glorifying? Uh, not slaves to excessive drinking. And I would say, um, not slaves to anything in excess. What has control over us? What dictates how we're living and what we're doing? Uh, yes, alcohol can be something that we abuse. Uh, drugs, pornography, sugar, <laughs> all these things are things that we can abuse. And we can also be addicted to things like appearance and what our home looks like and what our profession reflects and what our identity needs to be. And so, yes, to some degree, I might be moving into saying, let's pay attention to the things that are the idols of our heart. And this scripture passage doesn't particularly reference that. But I think when we think about the impact we're making on the next generation through biblical mentoring, we have to take account of what is shaping us, what is fueling our actions. And so uh, then there's this instruction. They are to teach what is good. Okay, good. God's word, right? That's a pretty good place to start. So that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and love their children. And so the Greek of encourage is sophronizo, which is to restore to one's senses, moderate, control, curb, disciple, hold on to his duty or admonish exhort earnestly. So it is more than just being a cheerleader. It is also being that accountability partner. It is also being the challenger. But for that to happen, we need to be in relationship with the person that we're mentoring. And I think that going back to that Jethro and Moses passage really depicts that well, that they had the context of relationship in order to take on that, that mentoring relationship. And then uh, to love their husbands and children. So th these are two different words, philandros and philatikenos. But uh, the Greek may be different, 
the the heart of it is it, I take away loving is not easy. <laughs> it is not easy to love our husbands. It is not easy to love our children. My mother would often joke, if you weren't so cute, I would eat you because that that describes like mothers who eat their young in the animal kingdom. And I, I often have laughed at that, but I'm thinking, yeah, there are times that your cute factor is what preserves your life because your behavior is killing me right now, right? It is not easy to love a child and to love a spouse. And so how do we model that effort towards love to those who are coming up behind us uh, from a biblical immaturity perspective? And then to be self-controlled, which means to be sensible, sound-minded, sane, curbing one's desires and impulses. So that really does give credence to what I was just saying about what are we doing in excessiveness? What are we slaves to? That there is an idea that for our impact, we must think think intentionally about how we're living and, and what influence that is having on those around us, what influence that's having on our lives. And then this always trips people up, be pure workers at home. And so that's uh, caring for the house, working at home, watch or keeper of the house and taking care of the household affairs. So this does not mean that you don't have a job outside of the house. The Proverbs 31 woman is a great example of her earnings and her efforts that contributed to the household affairs, right? And so the question is, is our work outside of the home taking greater priority and precedence than our work inside of the home? And for every one of us, that's going to be different every single one of us, it is not going to look the same way because so much of the expectation of what our household affairs looks like is going to be dependent upon the people in the household. So we need to extend grace to one another. And we need to be really conscious of that when we are biblically mentoring somebody else that we're saying, this is the way I do it, but throw a coaching question in to what does this look like for you to do this? And then, uh, Kind is another call. So um, that in Greek means good natured, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, happy, excellent, distinguished, upright, and honorable. Okay, well, who's not going to be able to like uh, tick all those boxes? I know I fail at all of that often. And so what I do is I look at my life and I think, okay, I'm struggling in these ways. What do I need to do about it? Do I need to do less? Do I need to change my diet and deal with a sugar craving? Do I need to get more exercise in? Do I need more time with the Lord? Do I need to go for counseling? Sometimes I need all of those things. What does this look like in my life to, in order to be kind and to make room for more of Jesus to dwell in me? What's crowding him out? And then this, the second part, last part, submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. So submission is being subject to, arrange under, subject oneself, submit to one's own, submit to one's control, yield to one admonishment or advice to obey or to subject. Submission is what submission sounds like. And, and yet we need the context of are we submitting to somebody who is loving us as Jesus loves the church? Because the Ephesians 5 call for the man is if, if that is being carried out, submission is easy, right? Submission happens for our own good. If we're in an emotionally or physically or spiritually abusive relationship with a spouse, submission is not required in the same regard. What is required in that regard is professional help. And and pastors are not always the person who has been trained to help you move through that relationship. Some pastors are, but seeking out a counselor who can give you the proper guidance and support and resource you Uh, to navigate through that relationship is incredibly important. And under the counseling code of ethics, that counselor is not to put their agenda for you and your marriage on you. If you want to stay in your marriage, a counselor needs to honor that. And if they're not honoring that, 
they may be in breach of a code of ethics unless they feel that your well-being is in jeopardy or the well-being of your children is in jeopardy. So you can look for a counselor that will understand your values and your biblical principles and will support you in figuring out how you're going to move forward in that relationship. And if you have come to the conclusion that this relationship has to end because this is an abusive relationship, a, a licensed mental health professional will help you support you through that process emotionally and in whatever resources that they can give you to navigate that process legally uh, and to protect yourself. So this is where sometimes scripture becomes a, a tool of abuse rather than a tool of protection, which is what it is supposed to be. God has our best in mind. He cares for each one of us made in the image of God. And in our own nature, we can be sinful, right? We are sinful from birth and we are not always yielded to God. And when we are not yielded to him, that's when things go awry in our sin. And so if that is you, I just want you to know that there is support out there for you uh, to find the protection you need. And if you're not married, this doesn't disclaim you from being a biblical mentor. You can learn about the struggles that women have in their marriages and be a resource hub and a safe ear and a safe place for somebody to confide in as they move forward. And then lastly, so that God's word will not be slandered. So ultimately how we're living is with the goal of honoring God, right? And think about the commandments, you know, that we are to love the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and love others as ourselves. And so that that's what Jesus says is the greatest thing to do. And so will we follow through with that call from Jesus and how we are loving God vertically, like going back to the Ten Commandments, the first five are these vertical commandments, and then the horizontal commandments, and how are we going to carry those out, the second five. And then what I want to really bring to your attention, when you come through this part of, of the scriptures, you might just think that this is all we need to know for biblical mentoring. And I would encourage you to read all of Titus, not just this portion of Titus, and especially pay attention to uh, verses 11 through 15, because this really gives context to the importance of biblical mentoring and how it can take place well. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lust and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself to us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse us for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. I, right there, isn't that the, the portion I just previously read parallel? Like do this with others, but, but really it's first do this within yourself. And then verse 15 says, proclaim these things. So the all of Titus uh, chapter two, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. But the so proclaim can also be translated teach or speak. And then encourage is this word parakaleo. I am not sure there's another Greek word that has as many meanings as this one. So it means to exhort, call to one side, address, speak, and call on. And, and furthermore, it is exhort, encourage, comfort, instruct, admonish, beg, appease, strengthen, console, console and teach. That is a lot in one word, parakaleo. And, and the best place for this encouragement to happen is in the context of relationship. When we try to put our beliefs and our values and our interpretation of biblical principles onto somebody else without a relationship, it just doesn't go anywhere. It's it's just that like wah, 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 wah noise, right? But when there is vulnerability and empathy and compassion and curiosity in a relationship that we lead with that and we seek to connect the hearts with the hearts of those that we are in community with 
then there's an opportunity to do all of this kind of encouragement. And then we have the, the foundation on which we can rebuke with authority. And so rebuke is correct, refute, convict, bring to light, call into account, punish, and admonish. And so whew, I've given you a lot of information. Like I said, I'm giving you like the you know, quickest version of this passage to think about. I go into the application points, the story points in much greater detail in the Impact Biblical Mentoring course. There are videos, there are worksheets, there's study guides. You can do it individually. You can do it as a group. It is, it really is timeless. And, and one of the things that I, I really focus on in that biblical mentoring course that I'm not going into right now is understanding generational differences. This is such an important piece of the puzzle because when it comes to the parakaleo and the rebuke and the teaching, it is going to look different from one generation to another. And understanding how to invite somebody to speak into your life as a mentor and how to get permission to speak into another life as a mentor really is a matter of understanding our generational differences and seeing how we connect heart to heart and carry out the call that the scriptures have for us. So all that to say, I hope and pray that you take this next month and go slowly through this entire chapter of scripture. As a matter of fact, it's not that long. It's only uh, 15 verses. The whole book is short. Go ahead and read the whole book and then write out all the verses and then use the let go and live resources and, and write it all out in prayer and spend the time really thinking God, who is it that you want me to take up a biblical mentoring relationship with? Who do I need to be mentored by? Who do I need to step into a biblical mentoring relationship with? Because you've called us, God, for connection and community. We are to be the hands and feet. And as my pa pastor used to say to me, the mouthpiece of Jesus. And this passage really does say proclaim, right? This isn't just action and, you know, by osmosis, somebody catches this from us, but this is, this is by proximity, by action, by influence. And so I, I hope and pray that this becomes the, the vision and the motivator for you moving forward in your breakthrough, your wholehearted breakthrough and your authentic life transformation that a year from now, you'll look back and say, wow. God used this study to change me from the inside out. And the fruit of that is the way I'm able to connect with other people in a much more meaningful way. And so that's what we're here for. We're here for you to become more like Jesus. And I'm just grateful that you joined me today listening to this abbreviated version of the More to Be podcast and watching this in the sisterhood where we have the Let Go and Live Bible study as always, my prayer is that you have experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word. If you're ready to take the next step in aligning your life with God's best, and you're not sure what that looks like, maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, yes, but I'm just not there yet, Lise. I'm not yet ready to feel like I can speak into somebody's life. Then go ahead and go to moretobe.com slash align and take our quiz to find out what your next step is. Maybe your next step is you need some counseling or you need some coaching and we can point you in the right direction for that. Maybe your next step is to, to spend more time thinking about these principles and go through the impact mentoring course or enroll in our coach training course. You can also do your own journey of exploration and join the sisterhood at moretobe.com slash podcast to get an access to get access to our library of Bible study content and biblically-based resources. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed, sisters, to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day and align with his best.